0: What happens when a popular rock radio DJ retires, sells everything, and with his wife, takes off in an RV to see America? Ho, ho, ho! It's the Rockin' the RV Life Podcast with Jeff and Patty. Join them each week as they share their experiences while giving you advice and tips along the way. Welcome to our show. I'm Jeff. And I'm Patty. And we are Clevelanders who retired and started to travel and live in our RV. Mm -hmm. We've been up and down and
2: across America a couple of times, but there's a lot
0: more for us to explore and see. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Got some really great things planned. Oh, yes. We appreciate having you along with us. Traveling and camping has changed a heck of a lot. Number one, it's a whole lot more popular. Oh,
2: yeah, but number two, the costs. Boy, have they gone up. And don't let us get started on the fuel costs.
0: Oh, my God.
2: Oh, makes us mad. RVs, camping equipment, and especially the campgrounds have gone
0: up in price, too. So we decided to talk to a campground owner. Mm -hmm. We thought it would be interesting to find out what they go through. Right. We met Jim
2: and Alice Emmert who just recently owned the Homerville KOA campground, which is located near the Akron and Cleveland area in Ohio.
0: Now, what started out as an idea to find out the ins and outs of owning a campground turned out to be something else. You're about to hear a story from somebody who against all odds became a successful business owner. Jim Emmert and his wife bought the Wildwood Lakes campground in 1994 and they turned it into one of the top 10 RV parks in Ohio. But it was not easy. Oh, It sure wasn't. Jim, welcome to our podcast. Welcome, uh, Jim. Thank you. We really appreciate having somebody who owned an RV park on the show. All right. Yes. We always get the people on the other side.
1: Right. Yes. <laughs> yes, sir. How long have you owned that RV park? 27 years. How did you get in the business? Well, I was always one of those uh, nightly seasonal guys and I had an opportunity based on my last employer that I could change my life and I went before the family and said you know we sit around these campfires and say you know what if I own I could change this or I could do that or I could and so we had a a gift from my last employer not a gift but a retirement program and I had my house I had invested seven 15 years in in Parma and I told my wife and my son, I said, we have a chance to change our lives. Do we want to do it? Now the wife wasn't in with us a hundred percent, but my son and I, we thought that that would be a wonderful idea to do. How old was your son at the time? He was 18. 18. So
0: you got in the business of owning a RV campground right. in Homerville, Ohio, right outside of the Cleveland-Akron right. area. Wildwood Lakes Campground. And how did you like it?
1: How did it go? It was a real rude awakening. I would imagine. Well, I'll give you one example. When we started out, the amount of litter that everybody thought it was okay to throw around, mm-hmm. and as you can see on our highways and places that you go, yep, no matter where it is, that that mindset is that way. Uh, I only have a third grade education. I can't spell or write, but I taught my children. When we went camping in our tents, and our pop-up days, in our small camper, That when we came to a site, we left it better than it was. Fantastic. Yes. And my son came to me and he said, Dad, how come these people do this? I said, because you were taught different.
0: Wow. That's a sign of good
1: parenting. You've probably seen a tremendous change in this business. Very much so. I mean, when I started with Wildwood Lakes, we had outhouses. Oh.
2: Uh,
1: We didn't have flush, Mm -hmm. no flush toilets i had a little tiny store it wasn't insulated it was a barn if you want to call it as a store and when we bought it uh, no air conditioning uh, oh my goodness. it was so hot in there and and <sighs> trying to sell ice cream and trying to get it not to melt in uh, those hot days and oh my. so that's the way we bought it uh, our weekending area had two outhouses one at each end of what we call the hill then we had a One in the back of the park, the main pit, we called it, it had uh, six ladies' stalls, and on each end, it had three, I think it was, men's, one urinal and two stalls, and at the opposite end, and we call it the pit in the woods. That had uh, three ladies and four or five pit toilets for men, urinals.
2: So then, did you have full hookups on the campsites? So there was just, what was it, electric, water?
1: Well, yeah, electric and water. Okay. And then we had a dump station.
2: Right, okay.
1: So we had two main dump stations. And by the way, the people that paid me to pump them, which was extremely cheap, but I pumped 2,000 gallons a week out of people on my big pumper truck. 2,000 gallons a week. And I personally handled the end that was the worst end. And I had a friend, Donnie, help me. He was my right hand guy, Don Harris, for years and years and years so it's not all fun and games oh god no <laughs> of course no not. i've been covered with uh, waste mm-hmm. um had all kinds of conditions happen during the pumping oh uh, i can
0: imagine oh so
1: yeah so when you first had the camp yeah how many people could you accommodate we had 300 and, 300 and some sites we mm-hmm. still have 300 Mm-hmm. actually the the license was way from way more than that, but the campers back when Chuck and Diane Scotch owned it, and Wayne and Betty Hastings formed the park, they were real small, and so we started right in the process of eliminating those. We wanted to be kind of number one with large sites mm-hmm. so we wanted to get some uniformity it took many years because the old campers and some of the people would recognize they had these wooden rooms built onto the Camper and and they would be campers that were fifteen or twenty or thirty some years old. That was the reputation, and we never took an elderly person and said, "Well, you know, you've been here these and you got this awful building. You're going to have to leave." We worked with them, but we just told them when they left, everything had to go. Mm -hmm. They couldn't resell in the park, and that's how we brought the park up to one of the I think one of the good parks around. Right. And our okay. association, the Ohio Campground Owners Association, was a great help.
0: I often wondered how that worked. You know, we would go into a park and you would see a certain amount of really old stuff. Right. And a lot of it didn't look good. Right. And those are just people who didn't
1: have any other place to go and wound up in your place. Or you know, the age caught up to them. Right. Uh, you know, and they just uh-huh. couldn't do any. But, you, you know, you just wanted to make sure that they... Uh, we're not going to throw you out. We're not going to do any of that kind of, but you right. can't resell in a park. And then we had a, a lot of our people in the association, because of those situations, would go in and start saying, okay, we're not going to let any old time campers come in here that are 15 years old or 10 years old. We're not going to accept them. Now they could come in nightly, but they couldn't come in and take them. And I always said there's a lot of good-looking 57 Chevys out there. Sure are. (laughs) Uh, But you had to make sure that that restriction, if they passed or something, we might consider them, Mm -hmm. but they couldn't resell. Right. And that's the main thing because you don't know what the next owner is going to be. Mm-hmm. taking care of that 57 Chevy or not. Right. right. So at some point, you had to start upgrading the park with, Correct. Obviously, water. Well, the water was already there established. The electric was so bad that, for example, there's some people in my park they are still there to this day. There were a pop-up group, mm-hmm. a Mike Robertson and group. We call him Mayor Mike. <laughs> His whole family, they had, I think it was 12 pop-ups at my park at one time they would park in a circle up and the one electric pole had like 25 outlets or 15 outlets going all the way around it just regular household outlets Mm -hmm. and they'd run their extension cords to their pop-ups all in different directions they'd yell to each other about hey it's my turn to do the toast (laughs) true story true story so the first upgrade the very first upgrade that we started, and it's extremely costly, but we started putting in electrical boxes, 50, Mm. 30, 20 amp boxes in a section at a time, and we started moving that out throughout the bark, and it's extremely costly. We're dumping all of our profit back the other way. And then, of course, you had to upgrade the sewer. Banks don't like campgrounds for money, Mm -hmm. lending money, but I put a program together and approached five or six different banks tried to borrow half a million dollars, and was successful. We had issues like, uh, how big can you make your sewer plant? Well, you're governed by the EPA. Bob Remain at Maple Lakes and myself testified before the Senate and House of Ohio. Wow. And we finally got them to listen to us about that the EPA regulations were way beyond what any mom and pop campgrounds. Because if I went by them in the past, it would have been well over a million, million two. Wow. Oh, my God. To put the same plant in mm-hmm. because of the amount of sewage they wanted us to have. So it was ridiculous. And so we finally got them to realize that they were out of line and they've changed the legislation and made it possible for somebody like me to go a half of what it would have cost well, the other way. Great regulations of everything every little detail that you have to follow is incredible because that's
2: 300 sites that would have to have the
1: we did 300 and I think it was 345 47 oh my gosh all of them every site in the park was sewered except primitive Wow. well
0: I know every camper that comes in is not a perfect angel (laughs) did you ever have to throw someone out
1: yes I mean, the old days back when I was doing it, the idea of going camping was you're with a weekend warrior. You went out, you drank, you made noise, you were partying. (laughs) And that was the old times. But people now with children and the whole mindset has changed. So you still have those weekend warriors and they think that they can overrun your park. Mm -hmm. We always felt like... We were wanting family, and we wanted to stay with that idea. Right. For example, I could have sold cigarettes, I could have sold beer, mm-hmm. and we always felt that there was, we had a responsibility to children, and that's my park. Not all parks are that way. Right. And right. on our park, that's the idea we had. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the weekend warrior, we cut him off at midnight. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. We felt that was close enough. That's pretty good.
2: So now, how about complaints? Do people complain very much?
1: Overwhelmingly.
0: (laughs) No, I can't imagine. I couldn't imagine someone complaining.
1: Overwhelmingly, (laughs) um, daily. um, As a matter of fact, my wife would send me down to the store on Saturday in the morning and Sunday in the morning just so that she didn't hear it all. Mm -hmm. And so I had to open get hammered if we were going to uh, in the morning every day every every weekend and every day like what
2: kind of things do they complain about
1: (laughs) Uh, it could be the gravel wasn't in the right place or there's so many things Uh, the bathroom wasn't done and yet we had a crew we were always told by the health department and by the people the most the majority the bathrooms were the cleanest they ever seen. That was my wife's pet peeve. That's fantastic. Uh, uh, than they ever saw, even in uh, pit toilets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you always got somebody that, uh, you uh. know, it threw toilet paper all over the place, and oh yeah, there you got hammered on it, and you didn't know that that little incident happened. Or, right. Or some person, and we had that happen in our shower house, they'd go in the back of the showers and just take a healthy dump all over the bottom pit. Uh. Back in,
0: you know, I've uh, heard and of and that's, that. That's what, terrible. what is wrong
1: with people? Oh,
0: but it, ha- you know, that happens a lot. They're it idiots.
1: It uh, is, yes sir. And yes. you get blamed for it, yeah. yes sir. And that is the problem. Isn't yeah. that? And something. we would never let our staff, my wife and I, never would let our staff clean that kind of stuff up. It right. wasn't their responsibility. Yeah. So me and her would go and clean that kind of stuff up. Mm-hmm.
2: Did you guys live there in an RV or did you have your own home?
1: No, we had our... That house was... An old, uh, I had the deed, it was 1870. Oh. Wow. You know, so it was a very, very, very old house and needed a ton of work. Was it near the campground? And I kept promising ground? my wife, I'm going to get it, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. But I kept dumping the money back in the park, back oh, in the park. Oh, was right. it
2: near the campground? Was well, it right on
1: the, the middle of it.
2: Oh, really? Right, right in the dead middle center. of the park. Yeah,
1: that's where everybody knocked on the door. Oh,
2: and you lived two right there. o'clock in the morning, there. right in the middle. Oh, my gosh, and I take it you eventually fix it up
1: not really we never got i never did get it to where i told promised her i would oh all those years yeah Kept dumping of, the money right back
2: i get that lots she, to do. she
1: would tell you that story right now oh, in a heartbeat my. i've got a question that
0: i've been meaning to ask Jim, looking back at owning a campground, what stands out in your mind?
1: We had all kinds of situations. Uh, the biggest thing for us was the families and the people um, that you got to be with and watch their grandchildren, their children grow oh, yeah. and move up the ladder, and so to speak. And we've had uh, children that have come back to us and said, I remember one of them thanked my wife for. Her reprimanding him. My wife is uh, Italian, so she's a hugger. <laughs> so she would hug the little ones. But mm-hmm. you know, with the things the way they are today, I never touched them. Right. Yeah. You know, but we still became very concerned about them and mm-hmm. and how they were working. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, we have a lot of those kind of stories that the children grew up and they come back to us, or that Mayor Mike's grandchildren now are seasonal campers. Mm-hmm. There, right now, and oh. they started out with us in pop ups.
2: Oh, that's so cool. <laughs>
0: now, being in Ohio and having the wonderful weather that we are all famous for, <laughs> yeah, uh,
1: obviously, you had to close during the winter, correct? Well, the campgrounds, uh, one that we bought probably around northern Ohio, I'd say 80% or more have to close. The water's not deep enough, mm-hmm. you know, so they don't have the facility to try them. Lately, there's been a lot of info of people trying to do that, to open for these workers that are in, Mm -hmm. people that are in construction of all kinds. And so they're looking for parks that are open. Some would open with minimum facilities. We are governed solely by the Ohio Health Department. Mm -hmm. If you could offer a bathroom and water in one location, you could have people stay longer term. Mm Mm-hmm you know we had pit toilets so we could have done it Mm -hmm. it's so costly
0: i would imagine
1: you know to just have a few or five or ten and then try to run the park on top of that and 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 then also that's your construction time if you get the right weather
0: what about insurance over the years things have really changed
1: the insurance companies really set a lot of rules don't they Frivolous lawsuits are the biggest thing that cost us, and campers don't understand it. For example, let's say that you had a, my playground is, you know, way up there, and I got a little one or two-year-old, so I go to Walmart, and I want to buy one of those Mm -hmm. little swing sets just for the little one or Mm two-year-old, and they bring that in. So the health department right away on their inspections dings it. Now it's on your report. You say, well, what does that mean? The person bought it. That's on their lot. No, it's on my property. Right. And so now another child comes up and plays on it and gets hurt. Mm-hmm. Who's going to get dinged for that? You are. Yep. So the campground owner has to say, no, you can't have those. Right. The people get mad. Mm-hmm. they get mad at us because we had to tell them that that's not allowed to be in the park. There's so many incidences. Uh, I, I remember one incident of a park, and I won't name the park, but they had an elderly woman walking through the park. It was during a storm coming up, a little bit of wind, and her limb fell, hit her in the head. So they obviously got EMTs in and took her to the hospital. She had only two stitches. wasn't that severe. The owner's called their daughter and and their family and the hospital released her of all, anything else that was wrong two weeks later she died oh my gosh by the way the children said that it was the campgrounds wrongful death so now they've got to go before a judge they proved that the campgrounds wasn't liable at all for any of the reasons it was an act of god that the limb had fallen mm-hmm uh, they approved proved it with the doctors saying that there was absolutely nothing else that affected her or walking or dizzy or nothing. Mm-hmm. But the judge ruled in their favor over half a million dollars had to be put out. Oh
2: Jeez. My gosh!
1: I was sued for a half million dollars by, I call them the ambulance chasers of Ohio. And there was a little girl, we had a softball league that campers would get into and the softball leagues would travel to each other's parks, but as things went on, the liability got so costly that they wanted to drop out all of that stuff, so we couldn't keep them in. So, but, anyways, uh, the little girl was I had a, what they call a horizontal ladder, not a monkey bars. Mm-hmm. You just went up three little steps and you grabbed the ladder and you swung and you grabbed the other one and you tried to go to the other side. And the little girl was only two and a half feet to three feet off of the ground. My mulch that I had in there was over two feet. I believe they dug it up during this lawsuit. Two feet thick, felt like you were walking on sponge. But this little girl had shimmy to the very top. The mother was over at the ball diamond. She was a guest watching the ball game and they were all drinking, you know, whether she was or wasn't, wasn't paying any attention to her child. So she fell off of there. She had a, what they call it, a compound fracture. So it protruded. And we, of course, got EMT. They came in. We took care of all of the medical bills, took care of her. Later, we got the papers before the one year was up, and they were suing us for a half a million dollars. Wow. So somebody had figured out that they were going to make them rich. Mm -hmm. So they were trying to make us liable. The only thing that saved me was I had an agent telling me signage. And now campers get upset because of signage this, signage that. Look out for this. Look out for that. We had a sign. Well, first of all, we were inspected by the health department and passed with flying colors. So I had that report. Secondly, we had uh, signage. Children should be accompanied by a responsible adult. Right. So did I really beat them? No, the attorneys made their money on both sides. You know what? There's no such thing. Frivolous lawsuits. Mm -hmm. The campground was sued because the dew was on the grass. Slipped and fell and fell back and hit her own camper. Jeez. and she, they sued. Wow Did they win? Maybe not, but the mm-hmm. problem is frivolous lawsuits. Yeah. Yep. they eat us up. So yeah. my total policy, I had two vehicles on the policy, and then the campground for all of that was over 20some thousand dollars. Now, how do I make that up on right? 35 or 45 dollars a night? Uh-huh. Exactly. Uh-huh.
0: Yeah. yeah, good question. Let's talk about pets oh yeah that's changed too some people
1: have really aggressive pets how do you determine that well in the very beginning our insurance agent said don't have pit bulls don't have german shepherds then we actually looked into it and the most reported dog bites were these little guys (laughs) (laughs) because they would be a little bit more aggressive Mm -hmm. when we would have aggressive dogs we would have to ask the owners to please remove them right and a lot of times i would test a dog Mm -hmm. i would be walking through the park or i had a dog that i had people reporting to me so i would take the risk of walking in on the site Mm -hmm. there's a great story behind some park owners Remember that every any and every item that you allow into that property, you become the goat. You become liable for it. That's right. Because you didn't say no. Like diving boards. I would have to pay a premium beyond belief to allow a diving board. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because I did have a pond in the beginning. I didn't have a pool at the time. And uh, we had a diving board that was there when I took over. Mm -hmm. The insurance agent said to take it out. Or we're not going to insure you. And I try to call all these other ones and nobody wanted to touch it. But on the dogs, we would try to remind people every time. You can't begin to police the amount of people that won't do what you would like for them to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether it be dog walking or uh, letting their children run around through places they shouldn't be. There's a good story. A campground owner, for example, they had an elderly couple sitting with their dog chained at their site. Another camper come in and uh, he had a little girl. I think she was seven or eight and she was running up and playing with the dog and petting it. And the couple got up to go for a walk, left the dog chained to the site. Well, a dog, they're extremely smart and I love dogs, but the dog's mood changed from friendly with the owners there now I gotta guard what they left me in charge of. Oh boy. No. So the dog lunged out, bit her in the face, seventy-five thousand dollars later for all of the things the little girl had to done. Campground took care of all the medical bills. The little girl's father, being drinking and doing other things, was taking a rope around the dog's head and was hanging it from a tree. <gasps> And another person come by, knew the dog and knew the owners of the dog while they were on their walk, saw the dog too, then a fight ensued. Oh, boy. So now you got a fight, 4th of July weekend. Oh, my God. So the owner got sued for the failure of controlling the fight, sued for the vet bills, of course, for the little girl's face. The owner of that park. That's correct. Gosh. Unbelievable. Oh my gosh. How do you stay in business? Yeah. Exactly. Large corporations are taking over our mom and pop operations. Right. Uh, yeah. We can't keep up with the regulations. We hmm. can't keep up with that kind of thing going on in our country. And they have the lawyers, they have the money, they have. And there are parks right now that I know of in Ohio that the expansion, even in my park, the expansion is going on that stuff that. I only dreamed about trying to get done. Mm-hmm. I never did finish all my electric, and you don't make any money on electric. You make money on installing a hundred thousand dollars swimming pool. Mm-hmm. You know it's it's really a sad state of affairs, all because of lawsuits. Right.
2: So you eventually sold. Yes. And when was that? How long ago?
1: December eighteenth of year one year ago. Okay. And you got sick. You were. Yes. You eventually became a Koa. Uh, nine years ago. Alice and I were working 15, 18 hours a day, every day. We were there 24 seven. So I told my son, I said, mom and I can't keep up with this. Gonna have to be managing the park a lot more. And he said, well, dad, you've always wanted to go KOA. So, but anyways, KOA came in and uh, they told me that the time that they would double my nightly business if I bought the franchise or they'd give me my money back. I said, put it in writing. Mm-hmm. It quadrupled. Wow. And wow. what you're doing is you're hiring a marketing firm for yes. you. Yes. Right.
2: Absolutely. And you're hiring
1: them. They have no control over telling you what you can and can't do. You do have to be able to pass a certain standard, proper restrooms. The facilities have to pass right. in order to join into the KOA. Right. Yeah. There's mm-hmm. a
0: certain set standard. There, yeah. yeah.
1: And Central. KOA came in, and that's what they did. They'd quite tripled our business. They really did. Well, I'll tell you, I think you're a heck of a businessman. Yeah. For a third grade education, that is my incredible. goodness. I had deaf parents and I all I knew was to work. How Still. long have you and the wife been married? It'd be 64 years, <laughs> somewhere in there. Well, fantastic. Oh, my. Yeah. Oh, that's we, amazing. We were teenagers, you know. Oh, my. Any closing thoughts? I'm not trying to discourage anybody from trying to own a campground. There are some lovely people that you meet and you meet them from all walks of life. It's just a whole new family. I know that you recently went
0: back and had a visit, and we're greeted by scores well, least, of very uh, happy people. Yeah,
1: at least uh, fifty or sixty or so. That's fantastic. Aww. We can hardly go through the park without everybody pulling us over. Oh,
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well,
1: Jim, I want to thank you very thank much. Thank you
2: so much. Uh, thank and
1: you. We appreciate
0: your time. Yes. And, uh, good health to you. I know you had some uh, health issues. You had to sell the park, but you came through them. God bless you. Mm-hmm. And thank you, and God bless everybody, yes. And there you have Jim Emmert's story. You know, of all the people I've ever interviewed in my radio career, Jim stands out, as some of the best
2: oh he's an amazing man what an accomplishment
0: and i'm glad we were able to give him the vehicle to tell his story Mm -hmm. because it needed to be told
2: oh my gosh deaf parents and a third grade education
0: Mm -hmm. wow yeah he did really well he did that's it for this week we're going to be back next monday with another episode
2: Mm -hmm. and i hope at some point there will be a part two of this oh because i have a feeling he has more to talk about yes i do too In the meantime, take Jim's advice. If you use a campground, make sure when you leave it, it's better than the way you
0: found it. It's the Rockin' the RV Life podcast with Jeff and Patty. Hear more of their adventures on the road with our next episode. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe and tell your friends.